Om Shri Sai Ram offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever present lord invoking bhagwan's benediction for today's session dear listeners of radio sai global harmony a very loving sai ram to all of you in our study of nirvana shatkam a composition by shri shankaracharya and as we know nirvana shatkam is a text for vedantic meditation or nidhi dhyasana we have completed the study of the first three verses where the author negates the subtle body the gross body and various modifications of the subtle body and we are in fact studying the fourth verse where kartritva the doership bhoktritva the experiencership or the enjoyship and karma are negated and we saw that the author says i am neither bound by punya nor papa the merit and demerit or neither am i bound by worldly happiness or sorrow i am beyond all of them and i am also not bound by the sacred chants that we do and the pilgrimages that we undertake in order to see god and also the scriptures and i am also not bound by the sacrifices that one does in order to propitiate deities to get desired boons i am beyond all of them and in fact we were studying the importance of the gayatri mantra as explained by bhagwan himself and bhagwan says this gayatri mantra has three aspects they are the praise or adoration to the lord of the three worlds and then swami says after the supreme brahman is praised or adored in the first two lines then we say bhargo devasya dhimahi which means we are meditating upon the supreme effulgence and finally swami says when we say dhiyo yonah prachodayat it is a humble prayer to the lord to strengthen to illumine our intellect because it is this intellect which has the power of discrimination viveka that helps us to discriminate between the real and the unreal and teaches us as to what to hold on to and what to let go of so this is the greatness of gayatri mantra and that is why gayatri mantra is not just a mantra it is a maha mantra which means there is no other mantra which is equal in power to this gayatri mantra and swami also says minimum of 3 times a day this gayatri mantra if it is chanted it is very beneficial for us the first time is the usha gayatri the early morning in brahma muhurtam when night meets the day when the sun rises and then in the noon and just before we partake of our lunch we should chant this gayatri mantra and finally at the end of the day when the day meets the night the evening uh, twilight which is the sandhya gayatri at the time of sunset this has to be chanted and we also know it is known as gayatri chandasa mata it is the mother of all the vedas in 
the taitreya aranyaka there is a very beautiful story which uh, explains the importance of gayatri mantra when it is regularly chanted by doing gayatri mantra japa where the one who is performing japa offers argya offers water to sun god every morning see the aranyaka is the upasana khanda in the vedas and it is that portion of the vedas which connects the purely ritualistic section of the vedas which is called the brahmana with the essentially philosophical portion of the upanishads of the veda which we all know is the upanishads and the story a very simple one has a profound esoteric significance the story goes that in an island called arunam there is a tribe of devils which is called mandehas so this native island of this tribe is also known as mandeha arunam and these devils the mandehas every morning in hordes they try to conquer the space and they reach almost up to the sun threatening to destroy the sun himself but at the same time the water that is thrown out of the gayatri japa people who are doing this japa and pouring this argya in the direction of sun god that through the power of the mighty power of gayatri mantra becomes very powerful weapons that fight these mandehas devils and the devils cannot succeed in their endeavor and they retreat back to their own island and this in fact happens every morning see the symbolism here is mandehas is nothing but our mind and body and our mind and body the man deha or the sources of our activities in the world isn't it it is this body and mind that entertain likes and dislikes and various emotions and the craving the appetite the passions we have for the worldly objects and these bring out from us a host of passionate animal instinct and these are the devils that threaten to conquer and destroy the spiritual essence in us which is the brahman or the sun which is the brahman or the self which is represented by the sun so if we chant the gayatri mantra every morning and also in the evening and as swami has said in the noon also what happens is through the power of this gayatri mantra we get very powerful weapons to fight these animal passions in us that threaten to destroy our true identity of atman or brahman and this is how the gayatri mantra protects the self in us and that is why it is said gayantam trayate iti gayatri the gayatri mantra protects the one who chants this mantra see when the author says that i am not bound by any of these mantras or pilgrimage the scriptures and so on it doesn't mean that we don't need all of them we must in fact engage in all these things because they are the means that we have to the goal of self realization 
but when he negates them saying that i am beyond them it means that we must not get attached to the means itself we must not get carried away by the means that we perform to attain the goal we must not be carried away by the roles that we are playing we must not confuse the means with the goal and when we get carried away by the roles then what happens we lose sight of the goal no doubt they are essential for us but we should not get attached to them or we should not identify ourselves with them and we must use it as only a means and never lose sight of the goal i will give a small example see there is a singer in a bhajan samiti who is uh, trained musically who has a very good voice he's technically sound and he also sings with lot of bhava out of his devotion to the lord but such a bhajan singer if he thinks that he has to become the bhajan coordinator in the samiti and and he must be given the prime importance in singing and he should be the lead singer always he has identified himself with the means he has got attached to the means itself and he has lost sight of the goal that has to be reached and the very purpose for which the bhajan singing that he is doing itself is lost it is meant for bringing in purity and taking him to the lord but he has got attached to the means and his goal is always on becoming excellent in singing and get name and fame or that is what happens to us when we identify ourselves with the means itself or when we confuse means with the goal and that is why the author says we have to go beyond all of them a paul walter uses a pole to reach and when he has to jump over to the other side he lets go of the pole itself and this is what we need to do then the third line is the beautiful line which says aham bhojanam naiva bhojyam na bhokta so at this point we shall just listen to the singing of the fourth verse itself and continue with the explanation न पुण्यम न पापम न सौख्यम न दुःखम न मंत्रो न तीर्थो न वेदा न यज्ञा अहम भोजनम नैव भोजम न भोक्ता चिदानंद रूपः शिवोहम शिवोहम भोक्ता the doership and the experiencership are negated here see what do we mean by doership what is this doership at all we uh, we always talk about so who is the doer who is the karta that itself is the question see atman which is beyond the modification of time space causation 
ವಿಸೇ ಆತ್ಮನ್ ಈಸ್ ದೇಶ ಕಾಲ ವಸ್ತು ಅಪರಿಚ್ಛಿನ್ನ ಸೊ ದ ಆತ್ಮನ್ ಕೆ ನಾಟ್ ಬಿ ದ ಡುವರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಸೇ ದಟ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಈಸ್ ದ ಡುವರ್ ಹೌ ಕೆನ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಬಿ ದ ಡುವರ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದ ಬಾಡಿ ಈಸ್ ಜಡ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ಸೆನ್ಶಿಯಂಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನರ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ನೋ ಪವರ್ ಬೈ ಇಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಸೊ ಇಟ್ ಕೆ ನಾಟ್ ಬಿ ದ ಡುವರ್ ದೆನ್ ಹೂ ಈಸ್ ದ ಡುವರ್ this concept is explained in vedanta by the analogy of tapta ayasa pindavat which means when burning fire comes in contact with a round ball of iron then what happens is we cannot see them separately we cannot see the iron ball separately and the entire thing looks like a burning ball and we cannot separately see the iron from the fire and this is what is used to explain this concept of doership also which means when the light of the atman shines in the subtle body especially in the buddhi when it illumines the buddhi and thereby shines upon the mind and the body and the senses then due to this reflected consciousness the chidabhasa the consciousness of, of the atman illumining the mind the jiva bhava is born in us and because of this jiva bhava we think that we are the doers we are deluded in fact that we are the doers and we identify ourselves as the perceiver feeler thinker pft at the level of the body the mind and the intellect respectively ever interacting in the realm of oet the object emotion and thought through this uh, light that shines upon the bmi the body mind intellect and this is how the doership is born in us and when we entertain doership we want the fruit of that action we want the outcome and that is how the enjoyership or the experiencer ship is born in us so as the author says in this line it is very important for us to negate this doership and enjoyer ship and as we all know when we studied the tatva bodha we learned that it is this prakriti prakriti is nothing but maya with its three gunas the sattva rajas and tamas that makes actions happen through us and we are not the doers but the jiva bhava deludes us to be the doer so how do we negate them we can start negating first by giving up our bhoktritva or the enjoyer ship see giving up bhoktritva how is it possible it is actually not a very easy task for a devotee who loves the lord and who is devoted to the lord so through the naivedya bhava and prasada buddhi we can give up our bhoktritva or attachment to this enjoyership or the experiencer ship see when we do everything as naivedyam to the lord and accept every outcome as his prasadam then we know that we are not the enjoyer and everything is his anugraha is his prasadam and this is one of the very powerful ways to negate this bhoktritva and another important point is surrender sharanagati to the lord 
if bhakti devotion starts with unflinching faith in the lord and it takes us to the stages through the stages of implicit obedience to the commands of the lord and thereby moving to the stage of unconditional acceptance of the will of the lord we go to the stage of surrender sharanagati to the will of the lord and bhagwan very beautifully explained the definition of sharanagati or surrender when he had gone to chennai for atirudra mahayagnam and swami in fact said this in tamil sharanagatile kudukkaradhukku onnume illa there is nothing to give up at all in this sharanagati because we do not have anything what is ours in fact so that we can give it up then swami said sharanagati is surrender is nalladanalum kettadanalum adella avaru senjadha andra oru dridamana nambikaye vechuko that is surrender whatever happens in your life either good or bad have the firm faith and conviction that is all his doing and that becomes sharanagati and the sharanagati is a very powerful weapon for us to negate this bhoktritva and when bhoktritva the enjoyership is given up and naturally it becomes easier for us to give up the kartritva bhava or the sense of agency or doership in the fifth chapter of the bhagavad gita the sanyasa yoga the lord gives us a very beautiful way to go beyond this doership and enjoyership when he says brahmani adhaya karmani sangam tyaktva karoti yah lipyate nasa papena padma patram ivambhasa sangam tyaktva karoti yah whoever does the actions giving up his attachment to what to the fruit of action and not only that brahmani adhaya being absorbed in brahman being centered in brahman in this brahman consciousness then what happens lipyate nasa papena he is not tainted by the sins that he commits or here we can say he is not tainted by the consequences of the karma itself and he remains like padma patra mivambhasa remains like a lotus leaf in water see one of the names for lotus is pankaja pankaja literally means that which is born in mud though this lotus leaf is born in this muddy slushy water and it derives its nourishment from the same dirty water it it rises above this dirty water and it refuses to be wet or moistened by the water around and it remains pure and unsullied and similarly when we say we have to be like a lotus leaf it means though we are born into this world and we get our nourishment and all that we need to survive in the world from this world itself we have to rise above the world and we must not be affected by all that happens in our life in this or in this worldly life and that is the meaning of padma patram ivambhasa and shri ramakrishna paramahamsa would always give this simple analogy when you are peeling or cutting the jackfruit smear your hands with little oil so that 
the glue of the jackfruit that doesn't get stuck to your hands similarly while dealing with the matters of the world we must smear ourselves with the coating of vairagya a little bit of dispassion to the world so that we are not affected by the worldly happenings and we are able to be centered on brahman and thereby remain like padma patra mivambhasa the lotus leaf in water as i said bhakti is a very very powerful tool for us to reach this stage and in the 11th chapter of bhagavad gita in the vishwarupa darshana in fact in the penultimate verse the lord declares the greatness of bhakti like this and when he says bhaktatu ananyaya shakya ahamevam vidhorjuna gnyatum drashtum cha tatvena praveshtum cha parantapa so the meaning of this verse is through single minded devotion ananya bhakti unswerving devotion to me i of this form be known be seen in reality and also entered into so what exactly the gita acharya is trying to tell us here is that through ananya bhakti just through devotion to the lord the para bhakti itself is gnana it itself gives us the oneness with the lord and also oneness with this entire creation the advaita darshanam gnanam and gnana and para bhakti are no two different things they are one and the same and here gnatum means to know through this bhakti what we can achieve is gnatum to know so to know is the intellectual knowledge of the goal as well as the path to this goal that comes to us and this is the beginning of a seeker's pilgrimage and then he goes to the next stage of drashtum the idea that is intellectually understood through gnatum that is constantly reflected upon here in this stage of drashtum and it is comprehended and so drashtum is to see or to comprehend in reality the author says tatvena then praveshtum praveshtum means having thus known the truth and also comprehended the truth and having understood what is the goal and what is the means the seeker here through a process of detachment from the unreal or that is the illusory world and also through his attachment to the real that is brahman and self he comes to realize praveshtum means he comes to realize that the truth is he himself and this gnana the advaita gnana can be achieved through ananya bhakti as the lord declares in this beautiful verse and after explaining this the lord next begins his discourse on the bhakti yoga in the 12th chapter or the next chapter of the bhagavad gita and this is the greatness of bhakti and as i said in fact para bhakti and gnana are one and the same and this is how 
the devotee becomes one with the lord through his unswerving devotion to the lotus feet of the lord and this devotion essentially means implicit obedience to the commands of the lord and when the lord in the bhagavad gita says patram pushpam phalam toyam yome bhaktya prayachati whoever offers me even a leaf even water or fruit or a flower with devotion i accept that and bhagwan here gives us a very beautiful insight into this verse of the bhagavad gita swami says when we say patram when we make an offering of patram it is just not an ordinary leaf that we are offering here and swami says you should offer your body itself as the leaf to the lord and when we say phalam it is the manopalam the fruit of the mind that should be offered to the lord in the spirit of surrender and when we say pushpam it is the hridaya pushpa the heart itself as the flower to be offered to the lord and toyam is not just ordinary water and swami says it is the tears of love and gratitude to the lord when you offer through bhakti that becomes the highest offering so by offering all our thought word and deed to the lord we can get this para bhakti that takes us to the gnana of oneness and the words that are used by the author here are aham bhojanam naiva bhojyam na bhokta the bhojanam this world is the feast the bhojana for us bhojyam what is the experienced or the enjoyed the sense objects of the world and we are the bhokta the enjoyers and the author doesn't use words like i am not the seer i am not the seen he doesn't say i am not the drashta the seer or i am not the seen i am not the drishya he uses the word bhokta and bhojanam because where does our sense of enjoyment normally always in our day to day activities come from it comes from the food that we eat we are all attached to eating good food and the right kind of food and we make such a fuss about it and our sense of enjoyment comes from the luxury that the body wants and the coziness or the comforts that the mind always is craving for and that is why the author uses the word uses the expression that i am not the enjoyer or i am not the enjoyed and the enjoyment itself and this is how the bhoktritva the kartritva and the concept of karma itself here or negated because when we accept everything as anugraha phala there is no karma phala accrued and we go beyond this karma itself and finally the author concludes this verse by asserting our true nature that i am sat chit ananda i am existence consciousness bliss and i am the auspicious shiva so this is it for the day and i will conclude with the shanti mantra om asatoma sadgamaya tamasoma jyotirgamaya mrityorma amritangamaya om shanti 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 hi lead us from the unreal to the real 
lead us from darkness unto light and lead us from death unto immortality om peace 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 i am very grateful to bhagwan for this blessing of speaking to all of you and i am thankful to team radio sai and every one of you jai sai ram